Reporting from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations, this is the Cyber Risk Report. The Cyber Risk Report is a strategic intelligence product created by Cisco analysts that highlights current security issues in mid- to long-range perspectives. The report addresses seven major risk management categories, including vulnerability, physical, legal, trust, identity, human, and geopolitical. This report covers the time period of August 13th through August 19th, 2012. Vulnerability activity was increased for the period primarily due to the scheduled and announced security advisories from Microsoft and Adobe. Microsoft published its monthly security bulletin release on August 14th, 2012, releasing nine bulletins that addressed 26 vulnerabilities in the Windows operating system, Internet Explorer, Microsoft Common Controls, Microsoft Office, Visio, SQL Server, Microsoft Commerce Server, Exchange Server, Microsoft Visual Fox Pro, and Visual Basic Runtime. The vulnerabilities could allow an attacker to gain escalated privileges, cause a denial of service condition, gain access to sensitive information, or execute code on a targeted system. Full details of the Microsoft vulnerabilities are available on the Cisco SIO portal and in the Cisco event response to the Microsoft Security Bulletin release with the individual IntelliShield vulnerability alerts correlated with Cisco IPS signatures and an applied mitigation bulletin. Microsoft also released security advisories and updates for additional new Oracle outside and technology remote arbitrary code execution vulnerabilities impacting Microsoft products. Other significant vulnerability activity included the Adobe release of the Adobe Shockwave Player security update for August 2012 and the Adobe Reader and Acrobat security update for August 2012. IBM released multiple security advisories and software updates for vulnerabilities in WebSphere, SameTime, Rational ClearQuest, Power Hardware Management Console, GSKit, and AIX. HP released security bulletins and updated software to address Oracle Java SE Java Remote Security Bypass vulnerabilities and also reported new vulnerabilities in Service Manager, Integrity Server, Fortify Software Security Center, and Database Archiving Software. Oracle released a security advisory and patches to address multiple vulnerabilities in Mozilla Firefox, Thunderbird, and SeaMonkey for Solaris, and a new privilege escalation vulnerability in Oracle Database Server. PostgreSQL reported multiple unauthorized arbitrary file manipulation vulnerabilities. Red Hat released a security advisory and updated software to address the Red Hat JBoss EAP JMX console cross-site request forgery vulnerability. In ICS SCADA activity, Tritium Niagara released security updates for multiple vulnerabilities in AX framework software that could allow an, an authenticated remote attacker to gain access to sensitive information. And the malicious code threats in the Middle East region continued with reports from Saudi Aramco stating it had isolated its networks due to a virus outbreak and later indicating that sensitive information may have been compromised. Multiple antivirus organizations are investigating what's being called the Shamoon malware, which may have been involved in the Saudi Aramco outbreak. In other malicious code activity, ESET released additional research details on the Gauss malware on the ESET blog. 
In spam activity, the U.S. Federal Bureau of Investigation is warning about online extortion scams involving false FBI messages that instruct recipients to pay fines to avoid prosecution for supposedly downloading child pornography and pirated content. IntelliShield published 133 events last week, 71 new events, and 62 updated events. These alerts are available via the IntelliShield Alert Manager service. Visit www.cisco.com slash go slash IntelliShield for more information. Moving on to the physical risk management category. A stranded jet skier easily breached security at JFK Airport on Long Island, New York. After a session at a Rosedale, Queens watering hole, the jet skier and his friends decided to go for a ride. When his watercraft broke down, he swam to shore and ignored the large no-trespassing signs and the perimeter security system, climbed an eight-foot-high security fence, and walked across several runways before approaching the Delta Airlines terminal, before being noticed by a Delta worker. The perimeter security system was not triggered when the jet skier scaled the fence, and he was first noticed when he approached the airline employee. New York Port Authority police were notified, who then placed the man under arrest for trespassing. While the jet skier may have used extremely questionable judgment in climbing the airport fence, uh, the apparent complete failure of the perimeter security system brings to light the need to have these systems operational and continuously monitored to be effective. Other Port Authority airports use similar perimeter security systems from the same manufacturer. According to this story, this system has not been operational since its installation in 2009. Physical security is not only dependent on operational security systems, but these systems must be periodically tested and monitored during use to detect threats. Log files must also be periodically reviewed. And next in the legal risk management category, Julian Assange has requested and received asylum from the government of Ecuador and remains in their embassy in London. The UK government has announced that they will arrest Assange if he leaves the embassy. Meanwhile, WikiLeaks has been under a, a distributed denial-of-service attack for several weeks. The attack began after WikiLeaks posted its latest global intelligence files that included details of the Trapwire program, which is reportedly an aggregated intelligence system operated by the US government. Multiple organizations have now claimed responsibility for the DDoS attacks, claiming the reason for the attacks is the release of the Trapwire information. Additional reports claim that the information on the Trapwire system was compromised during the Strat4 email compromise of, of uh, 2011. Possibly the most significant point of all this activity is the possible compromise of U.S. classified information in unsecured email traffic captured in the compromise. If this is the case, then there have been serious breaches of operational and technical security procedures. In the similar Manning case of classified information compromise, the information was deliberately compromised by copying the classified information that eventually found its way to WikiLeaks. But in the Stratfor case, it appears to be a, uh, based on sloppy handling of classified information, which allowed it to slip from classified communications into unclassified systems. While both of these are known risks, the latter is likely the more difficult to detect and prevent. And this week in the identity risk management category, Swiss scientists have released new research on an algorithm that can be used to trace an event to the source of the activity. Uh, 
The algorithm could be useful in identifying sources of such events as biological disease outbreaks, uh, computer attacks and rumors, or threats in initiated on social media. If this research is as accurate as the initial report suggests, this could be a major step forward in identifying sources of activity. Current methods for attempting to trace and identify an event source or sources can be nearly impossible due to the large amount of network traffic that must be collected and analyzed. The key point of the new research is the relatively small amount of network traffic required, estimated at around 20%. By reducing the volume of traffic required, this could make the analysis and identification much more manageable and rapid. As this research continues to progress, it could largely change the course of multiple events due to authorities being able to quickly zero in on the source for containment, uh, for prevention, or prosecution. However, the question remains whether even the lesser amount of network traffic would be available for analysis due to legal issues and international cooperation agreements. And finally, in the geopolitical risk management category, a comprehensive cybersecurity bill sponsored by U.S. Senators Joe Lieberman and Susan Collins was defeated this month, just prior to the Congress' uh, summer recess. The bill would have created voluntary standards for critical infrastructure and created a framework for information sharing between government authorities and companies. With the failure of this bill, uh, 52 to 46, largely along party lines and facing primarily Republican opposition, uh, it's unlikely that cybersecurity legislation can be revisited before next year, after the U.S. presidential elections. The bill's defeat was not a surprise for industry experts who watched this progress closely. Um, opposition to the bill coalesced around familiar questions of how and to what extent governments can regulate publicly vital assets in private hands. The political battle over the bill reflects a continued lack of consensus within the U.S. and globally over how to protect critical networks without compromising privacy and hindering business and de democratic uh, market-based economies. It, it also sheds light on the disconnect between policymakers and technology specialists. The failure of the Cybersecurity Act of 2012 makes it even more pressing in the future for information security experts and policy and political experts to mutually communicate baseline concerns and brainstorm options so that a consensus legislative framework can be created to better protect our information, innovative strength, and uh, critical networks globally. This concludes the Cyber Risk Report for this week. To read the full report, Visit www.cisco.com slash go slash SIO and select the Cyber Risk Reports link. Tune in for next week's report from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations. Thanks for listening and stay safe.